1: Okay, hi, Persis Abraham.
0: I feel like you rarely call me, like, by my full name. It's always like, hey, P,
1: or hey, Percy, or hey, Purse, or hey, Percy yeah. I only call you by your full name when I'm mad at you.
0: Yeah, Persis Ann Abraham.
1: Oh, I didn't even use your middle name. No, but I feel like you should if you're angry. Persis Ann Abraham. I'm so angry because you make me fall in love with you every day, and it just grinds my gears (laughs) why because we can't be together no I'm just like I'm fighting it and it makes me mad when you just keep you keep pushing it you keep pushing the limit put by doing what just being your goddamn self (laughs) oh (laughs) I keep pushing your buttons (laughs) I'm telling you to loosen up my buttons babe Oh, man, I loved that song. And I remember being like, this is so risque that I'm even listening to this song, let alone watching the music video. Remember how the music video was banned in like Singapore (laughs) because it was too sexy?
0: (laughs) It was banned?
1: It was banned. Guys, don't quote me. I don't know if it was Singapore, but it was banned in at least one country because it was just too provocative and, oh, too too much skin or whatever. I don't know. And I was like, well, you're robbing people of some pure A plus magic.
0: Truly. Like, was this the one where Nicole Scherzinger has the iconic, like, hood?
1: Yes, she has a hood. Also iconic in that music video, they do a chair routine and there's CGI fire coming up from the floor.
0: Oh, and they are dancing.
1: Well, I mean, they want you to think it's CGI, but it's actually real fire. They danced in it. A little hot. But they made it. They survived. Okay. I loved the Pussycat Dolls, but
0: I'm sad because I know there's some drama, 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 drama going on Always drama. With Robin, like the creator of the Pussycat Dolls, and Nicole.
1: Hmm. I wouldn't know nothing about that.
0: It's just something with money. Some Because, okay, we'll make this real (laughs) quick because we got things to talk about. We got um, lots to talk about. (laughs) But Nicole essentially is the Pussycat Dolls. Am I right? Yes. Sorry,
1: everyone. That's the truth. Yeah.
0: It's the truth. And I think she was like demanding more control and maybe more money or something. And then Ron- Ask for what you're worth. Ask
1: for what you're worth, baby.
0: Yes. But okay. We'll need our uh, pop culture expert, Kyle, to like come and confirm because he knows everything. So- Kyle, if yeah. you're listening, let us know. But if I sit, we
1: should have right. like every episode, we should have like a pop culture minute. And it's just Kyle giving us a rundown of like the most important pop culture things we need to know, especially like in queerdom, the gay icons and the like. That'd be awesome. Guys, if you want that, let us know. If you don't, that's cool too. I think that'd be fun. I think that'd be fun. A little pop rundown. I love
0: to sip my <laughs> tea while I'm in my quarantine life. So give me the drums.
1: That's right um purse we have a very exciting guest on today
0: yes we do we just had the most lovely conversation
1: with the one and only angel flores and the crowd goes well the crowd goes well in case you guys have not seen the latest season of queer eye on netflix angel is one of the queer eye heroes Angel was one of the episodes this season, and she was next-level inspiring, and she is a trans athlete, an advocate, and just like a ray of goddamn sunshine.
0: Yes, Angel's energy is beautiful, and I kind of felt like while I was talking to Angel and while we were listening to her throughout this interview, didn't you just feel calm and you felt like yes, you were being heard? but she was like delivering this information and i was just soaking it in like very zen <laughs> i think
1: that's the best way to put it she definitely puts you at ease like and obviously this was through zoom because we live in canada and angel lives in austin texas but like even through zoom i totally hear you it was like a feeling of Oh, this is a friend. This is a this is someone who is going to be easy to talk to. Someone who is going yeah to listen to you and actually respond thoughtfully, which all of our guests do. Our guests are amazing. But yeah, Angel is, if I do say so myself, truly an angel. Yes. And we talked to her about everything. We talked to her about being on Queer Eye and like all the behind the scenes tidbits, which was so fun because we've always wondered like what happens behind the scenes at Queer Eye. We talked to her about like her coming out experience, you know, realizing she was a woman transitioning the whole thing um, and being a trans athlete and why trans athletes should be able to play sports, compete in sports no matter their age um no matter how they identify and it was and it was cool cuz you guys will hear she goes into the specifics she goes into the nuances the science behind it what happens when you're doing hormone therapy this is going to be a good one for you guys you're going to love it
0: yes i learned so much as well especially when we did get into the sports topics like there were so many things i had no idea about but angel explained it so well and it's very eye opening so I think it's a very important conversation
1: yeah. and y'all are going to enjoy this one. And we just want to say to Angel, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. We know you're super busy and, and lifting those weights, but we are just really grateful that we get to have these conversations at all and to have them with people like you, people who are really making an impact truly is just is really special for us. So thank you. And thank you to Netflix and to the Fab Five for bringing this person into the into the zeitgeist. Like, thank you. We wouldn't have known. We wouldn't have known. I mean, Angel would have carved her own path, though, without Queer Eye.
0: Yeah. I think at the end of the day, Angel is destined to be a star. Be a star. A star, honey. <laughs> you're going
1: to be a star, baby. Girl, you're my angel. You're my darling <laughs> angel. angel. Do, you get that, does, do people sing that song to you? I bet. All the time.
2: Hello. Hi. 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 How are you? How's it going? Good. Good. Just got back from the gym. We are rushing around today, ladies.
1: Oh, I love that. I love that. What were you doing? Were you lifting some heavy stuff?
2: Uh no, that that'll be tomorrow. I was just doing some recovery work and just like general maintenance volume stuff that I need to do. So
1: Nice.
0: <laughs> Better than awesome. what I did today.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. We know you're like crazy busy and taking a bit <laughs> of time to chat with us means so much. We are obsessed um we all we both love queer eye obviously like who doesn't love Queer eye but this i don't know about you personally like this season i just cried like i cried and (laughs) most definitely I'm, i'm not just saying this because you're talking to us but your episode i cried the hardest i watched it with my mom and we were both just losing it we were like she is so positive and determined and she's so open to like going out of her comfort zone we were both like losing our minds a little bit (laughs)
2: well well thank you for watching um just just to hear that somebody could feel impacted by my episode is just like super exciting to me and like this is ultimately like all super new to me so just it's been a crazy experience
1: (laughs) oh my god i bet and you know it's it's on netflix like you're on netflix netflix star
2: (laughs) having friends text me and just (laughs) be like you're on the cover of netflix like when i open netflix like you are the first person i see i'm like oh Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, no biggie. It's world. cool. No it, yeah, it's it's a all awesome. good. <laughs> um, but why don't you, for any of our listeners who either don't know who you are or haven't watched Queer Eye, why don't you just give us a little intro? Who are you? What do you do?
2: Okay. Um, well, my name is Angel Flottis. I am a trans barbell athlete and activist. Um, I compete in powerlifting and I'm looking towards other strength sports in the future. Um, and then I do a lot of activism when it comes to um trans rights and especially trans sports rights as well. I was also featured on the season six of Queer Eye.
0: Yes, <laughs> um, episode yes. Two. <laughs> episode
2: two. Uh it's 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 an emotional one. So definitely bring tissues and lots of them. <laughs>
0: I should have had that warning. I didn't have any tissues and I was just sitting in my bed like Texting Sarah. I was literally texting you the entire time as I was watching this. You were the
2: letters.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Okay, great. Well, why don't we just dive in? We like to kind of, when we have a guest on, we kind of like to start with their coming out experience. We know that everyone has a different coming out story, and sometimes it's multiple coming out stories, sometimes every single day. But can you talk a little bit about the first time you realized you were a woman?
2: Absolutely. Um, I was... On my way down to San Antonio. Uh, I live up here in Austin. I went to I went to college at UT. Um, so it was probably my junior, the beginning of my junior year of college. And driving down to San Antonio, I have a podcast on and one of the hosts actually comes out as trans on the podcast. Um oh, wow. And yeah, so as she's talking, um, I was just like mindlessly listening, right? And then as she's talking, things start to just like click and click and click. And when you're driving alone, it's definitely like your brain just wants to go like all in right yeah, um, so, as soon as like I started hearing those things like the like the way she felt growing up and how like, she never fit in and how like she always felt comfortable doing other things that weren't necessarily in her like gender role and and, and like in what's been expected of her as, as as a as a man, right um like as she talked, I was like, oh my god, is this like is this something that like I need to actually ask, and it was, like, as soon as I asked the question, it's, like, boom, right, wow. um, straight down the rabbit hole, it's just, like, um, there's, it's, like, a, the the trans, like, slang for it, it's, like, you cracked your egg, right, and it's, like, you can't, put oh, that back yeah. like, what, right. Like once, once you've cracked through that shell, like, that thing is, br- like, like, open, it Oozing is, out. Like, <laughs> exactly, exactly, and, like, that's why everybody says, like, you know, like, it, it, you, people aren't don't just choose to be trans. Like it's it's there. Like of you are course. born with it. It continues through the entirety of life. And like people, pe- people that aren't trans don't experience this, right? Like you, there's there's no there's nothing right. to compare it to.
1: <laughs> I think a lot of non-trans people or just people who identify with the gender they were assigned with at birth struggle to understand like the feeling in your body, in your heart, in your mind, the feeling you have when you know. I am not the gender I was assigned at birth. And I mm-hmm. think that egg cracking metaphor mm-hmm. is like, that's an exciting way to describe it because that's how I imagine it as someone who identifies as the sex I was, I was born with. I feel like that's how I would imagine the feeling. It's like a knowing, you know? Yeah,
2: absolutely. And like, honestly, growing up, it was always kind of the, just this like overall feeling of something doesn't feel quite right. Um, right. I, I remember when I was like six years old, I put on like a big sleeve shirt and some like small shorts or just like some boxers. And I was walking around the house cause I wanted to be just like my mother. Right. Who was like walking around in the same thing. And yeah. my dad, like not knowing anything. Right. Like my dad just kind of looked at me and said like, is that what boys wear? And that kind of like sent me into like this, like, you know, closeted state where I didn't know how to kind of articulate what I was feeling. Right. Um, and yeah. it's nobody's fault. Like nobody had the language for it back then, of course. Um, so it really took just years and years and years of, like, you know, depression and trying to figure out, like, what is wrong with me, right? Like, why, why, yeah. why do I just feel so awful all the time? Um, and for that egg to crack. And then, like, the first time you wear an outfit or the first time you put on a sports bra, or the first time you put your hair up a certain way, it's like, oh, my God, this is what this feels like. This is amazing, you know? It's like um, an aha moment. Yeah. Absolutely. My mom told me, like, probably a few months into transition, like, Seeing me smile after transition, that was a completely different experience. Like seeing me really wow. glow and like have this huge smile on my face. Like it, it, it made her cry, honestly, the first time.
1: Right. Wow. And what helped you make the decision to transition? Like was there a tipping point for you or someone who really inspired you to just finally go for
2: it? Honestly, it was kind of just like step by step. Like I put on a sports bra here. I wear leggings here. I, I do this. I do that. It took me a year, honestly, of like yeah. sitting on it and like thinking about it and like thinking this is a very, very permanent thing that I'm going to be doing to my body. Like, even if I detransition, transition it's going to be a really, really like like arduous, awful process, right? Am I, you know, built for that? Am I ready for that? I I don't like taking taking the decision lightly because it's just truly like you are you are like taking control of your body in a new way, um, mm-hmm. and sometimes that's scary and sometimes that's hard. But ultimately the way I see it, like, especially as an athlete, I'm just like, well, if it's hard, I'm just going to learn. Right. And, and then like, if it gets hard, I'm just going to figure it out. And that's it. And like, I simply like, I know I want this. So why not have it?
1: I was just gonna say that. That's funny. You said that. Cause when you were like, am I built for this? I was like, bitch, you! <laughs> God knows how many pounds you are lifting. Like you are built for anything.
0: Yeah. If anyone <laughs> is, it's you.
2: I mean, like it's, it's honestly a mental struggle sometimes, you know. Especially as as a trans athlete, it's it's a constant game of like, do I do I choose my identity or or my sport, you know? Do I choose my my talents or who I I really am, right? And really, a lot of the work that I do is based in like really breaking down those barriers and saying like, what do we have to choose?
0: Mm-hmm. What I'm actually really curious about too, around that time when you had your aha moment and you were like, this is me, and I feel seen, especially when you heard that from the host of the podcast, like. How did you feel your circle was around that time, opening up to them about this and being like, okay, I need to talk to someone?
2: Honestly, I I, I was privileged in, in, in that sense. Um, I had a very, very strong circle around me, a very, very strong circle of friends that kind of just, you know, they understood that like, I needed a moment to figure things out, right? And experimenting was super duper important to my experience. And having friends and having spaces that allowed me to kind of you know, do that and like ask those questions and, 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 and try out new things. That was so important to anything that I developed over the course of transition.
1: Yeah, that's really good to hear. And one <laughs> of those people was your girlfriend who everyone got to meet on the show and she was just the cutest ever, Katya, right? <laughs> Katya, am I pronouncing yes, that right? Yes, Katya. And you talk about, the two of you talk about on the show, like how you hadn't transitioned when you started dating. And that was a process that you had to go through together um, and that she had to go through individually, too. You know, like it's a change. What do you feel like during that time? That's tough. Like, how did you keep the relationship like strong?
2: Honestly, for her, it was really just like, you know, like I'm along for this ride and I'm just going to take the steps that I need to to understand it. We had been together for like four months, I believe, at that point in time. Uh, We had met that June Um, And then I came out to her that August. So three months. And really, it was just like, hey, I, I, this might be a thing. Um, I just wanted to kind of like let you know in case like this is something that like might be a thing for you too, like if, if this might like, you know, be something we really, really need to talk about. And ultimately, it was just like communication, right? Communication about like what I needed. Experimenting, like at home, with pronouns, with name, she really created yeah. this, like, really, really amazing space for me. Um, especially during quarantine, um, where I was able to, like, you know, reach out and, and touch things that I hadn't previously, right? And to practice being, you know, a whole new person.
1: That's true That's love, what right warms there. my heart. Yeah. And when you watch you guys on the show, like, you're like, okay,
2: those two are in love, in love, love.
1: like love, love.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, most definitely. Um, the scene where I'm kind of upset that they, didn't, that they cut the scene a little bit at the furniture store because there was the moment that she walked in and then I walked in and we were just looking at each other. She looked good. And I looked really, really good. <laughs> and yeah, like, you did. We're just like, keep like grabbing on and just like holding on to each other. And Bobby's like, Hey, uh, we're, like, filming, you know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Bobby's like, excuse me. <laughs> and wasn't that right after your moment with Tan, where you, like, had the yeah. fabulous outfit with the jeans? You're wearing heels. We're going to talk, talk about that. Oh, my God. Absolutely,
2: yeah. It was, like, for, I think, especially for Gathia to, to walk in and see me, like, completely glammed up. That was a completely new experience. And Gorgeous. Like she, she looked at me, and she was like, oh, my God, you look really good
0: <laughs> and no uh, you could like sense that chemistry like on screen which i love
2: yeah i uh i, I think our chemistry just really shows throughout everything yeah. we do
0: <laughs>
1: i love yes, that it does i am channeling that kind of love in my life just so you know it's com- i know it's coming it's happening for anyone listening who is thinking about transitioning or is in the process of it or knows someone who's transitioning do you have any advice just in general for the whole process
2: i think my biggest advice would be like move your body and learn your body um, i transitioning like i said earlier is just a, a huge way of like really grasping on to how your body works and a new way of taking full control of your body really it's about moving and learning how it feels you know like and it and it genuinely does like the, the feeling of moving around the feeling of going through life it completely changes you see colors differently smells are stronger or weaker the biggest thing I tell to anybody who who wants to start transitioning or is transitioning, just pay attention. You know, be mindful of 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 how you feel and how you feel is important. And take note of all those wonderful things that you that you're that you're starting to feel, like whether they're masculine traits or feminine traits. You know, like write those things down. Really celebrate those things because that's important. Yeah,
1: that's amazing. And I think that cracked egg moment is such a beautiful moment because it's. It might be the first time ever that you pay attention to your body. It might be the first time that you think that you realize you're mindful and you're like, oh, hold on. I know what's going on in here. Let me explore this. Yeah. And
2: trust it. Completely. It's like I've had a lot of people look at me and be like, you are just so insightful about yourself. And I'm like, it's just that I've had this massive opportunity to really sit back and analyze myself and wonder, like, is this truly who I am? Um, and I feel like that really gives me a power to like go about my day more confident, like every single, every single minute I'm here.
1: And this is a common thread, like as a straight person, the number one thing I've learned from engaging with the queer community so much is like queer people know themselves better than anyone because- You have to do the work. Yes, you have to take the time to actually be like, who am I? And so many straight people don't even take the time to ask themselves who they are in general, right? It's like such a blessing really.
2: Yeah, I, I, absolutely. There's an activist uh, named Alok that I love. Um, they mm-hmm. uh, are a poet. Yeah, they we they, love Alok. Um, and they were on a, I, I forgot which show it was, but they were talking about how they would have people come up to them on the street and be like, I used to wear dresses when I was a child. And, and Alok would be like, well, what happened? You know, where did yeah. you lose that? Where, where did you lose that knowing of yourself that you were okay with experimenting and learning new things right? and, and exper- experiencing new things? Really, it's about like, you know, giving ourselves the, the language and the ability to articulate how we feel. Um, yeah. Like, I'm just as happy for somebody to come up to me and express that they are fully confident in their s- cisgender identity. Just like I'm so excited about somebody that comes up to, comes up to me and says they're trans. Like, it's all yeah. important. It's so important.
0: I'm curious to know when you were growing up and you were a kid and you were saying you had moments when you'd wear like an oversized shirt and you wanted to look like your mom essentially is what you were saying like there was definitely like lack of representation when you were growing up but did you have any more moments or feel like if you just saw more out there in the media do you think that would have helped you at least like maybe think this makes sense like I think this is who I am
2: yeah absolutely I mean I could I, I'm, I'm, I made a list of all kinds of moments in my head of just like repeatedly just little signs. I think every trans person can look back and just see all sorts of signs throughout their childhood and, and throughout their life. It ranged from like, I would, when I shaved for the first time, like, and this is a distinct moment. When I shaved for the first time, I was like 13. I looked up and like fresh face. I was like, I had the, the distinct thought of, I look like a girl and it didn't bother me, Mm. and it didn't, Mm -hmm. it didn't bother, and then, and then immediately pushed it away, because I was, like, that's preposterous, right, it would be, like, seeing, like, um, like, lesbian relationships on screen, right, and being, and, like, having a longing for that, but not in, like, a weird, like, you know, like, hot high school boy in a way, but in, like, a, that feels, like, that's, like, that's what would be amazing for me, that's my dream, right? right, um, and then it would range to, like, my I remember in like the sixth grade my friends um had me in a group chat and or eighth grade had me in a group chat and they somebody said something about trans people and how they don't understand them and it was like an instant like what do you what do you mean what are you talking mm, about what you, yeah and it was an like instant, you wanted to you, speak I exactly and I couldn't place like what exactly was wrong um totally. I really had this like kind of like very strong ally um role for most of my childhood because I was like I feel like I'm in the community but I don't feel like I'm in the community what is wrong with me totally (laughs) right so
1: yeah you had that gut feeling you're like absolutely I gotta stand up
2: absolutely
1: um let's talk about queer eye a little bit our favorite subject (laughs) <laughs> Our favorite subject. That's favorite um, subject.
2: Have, the subject of the day.
1: <laughs> the subject of the day is queer eye. I have always wondered what how the person finds out that they're on the show and whether they're like insulted almost, or whether they're you know what I mean? Like, oh you think that I need you think I need help? That kind of oh, absolutely. Or if they're in the know already and they're like, Oh no, I secretly really hope I get this. So when did you find out you were gonna be on the show?
2: So I actually didn't know that I was nominated at all. Um, my wow. boss, in conjunction with my um, girlfriend and my coach, um, they all kind of worked together with some other people to put together this nomination form and just send it out to Queer Eye when they were doing their uh, second roll call for their new, for the, the season six, the reshoots. Yeah. Um, and so I like had no clue. I, I truly was just living my life, not just thinking I was just going about it. Um, and then... <laughs> We actually were stuck in a very, very rough spot. Uh, our old apartment had sprung a sewage leak. We were just running around trying to find a new place to live. I was starting new hormones. So that was also just like, oh my God, what is happening? And in the middle of all that running around, um, my, my close friend and, and the, the owner of the gym, Lori, calls me and she's like, hey, you might get a call from a Netflix producer in a few minutes here. And I was like, excuse me?
0: <laughs> Pardon, did I hear you right? Um, producer? I like
2: threw the phone across the room. I was like, no, this is not, I am not available. It's the, the rest of the casting is very much like, it's, I feel like it's a, it, it should be a unique experience compared to other shows. Cause the producers really sit you down and they take you on these little dates and they really get to know you and they really try and draw oh. out those little parts of you that they can put on screen and really tell the best parts of your story um the producer Wesley like a very like like a close friend of mine I love him so much he was just like every week like hey what are you doing hey <laughs> we should go get some lunch or we should go get some dinner uh let's,
0: Aww. Let's, let's, let's hang out.
2: Cute. Um, and for for it to be kind of like an intimate experience like that to where it felt like there was just this friend in my life that was that was just with me it made the experience all the better and all the more natural
1: wow that's so cool I did not know it worked like that
2: Yeah. It's like, it's honestly a super fun and like, like really fulfilling experience because you feel like you're really getting the best parts of you like analyzed and brought out and, and, and put Mm -hmm. out to the world.
0: That's a good way to put it. Like, it's all like these different facets of us that we're like, can just help with like our overall confidence. Like even the mindfulness work you do too, like throughout the show and getting to know yourself in that way is very, very touching. It's nice. (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, thank you. I, I've been telling everybody that every single every single second of those of that show is genuine. Every single yeah, second good, is authentic. Nice. Every single second there's no scripting. It's just on the spot. Um one one big thing I say is that like if I had looked at Cramo that day and been like, no, I don't want to see my dad, like he would have mar- he would have marched him out. Like there was right. no scripting here. Um, right. And no. like it was absolutely amazing.
1: Wow. Were you nervous? Like, were you nervous? Were you just excited? Like, I would have been absolutely so nervous.
2: I, I, was, I was honestly already on the verge of tears just thinking about, like, like him walking in. And, like, it honestly, it showed it, it showed it in the show, you know? Like, it, the moment that he walked in, we were just, like, nothing else mattered. It was just us, you know? Like, yeah, nothing, yeah. like, nothing else was there. Like, it was somebody that I loved so much that I hadn't seen in so long. And it was just, like, no words, just, just tears and hugs, right?
0: <laughs> I feel like you were present with your dad.
2: Yeah, even though I was being carted around place to place, I I still truly felt like I was in the moment everywhere I went. And I was truly, like, learning more about myself and the people around me throughout the entire experience.
1: And speaking of that moment with your dad, so for anyone who hasn't seen the episode, you should go watch it, like, immediately. But if you haven't seen it, there is, like, this amazing moment where Angel and her dad finally sit down. And it had been a while, right? It had been some time.
2: Like, almost a year.
1: Yeah. Wow. And he was, he was struggling. You guys just basically cried. <laughs>
2: and yeah, It's a whole lot of crying. <laughs>
1: and he just, I feel like he really just surrendered to it. Like it felt like he was finally like, I think he saw you and he was like, wow. Okay. And I feel like it just clicked just from seeing you and like the smile on your face.
2: Yeah. I think that, I, I think the biggest fear was that like I was going to become this completely other person you know and like yeah. and that and, and that person that he had raised was going to be gone you know and being able to sit there and remind him that like everything that I do now was was built because of him regardless of, of the gender that I have or the identity that I hold and being able to sit there and say like dad like I'm I'm still your kid I'm just you just got to call me your your daughter now you know like that's that's, yeah. that's it. Um, he really, really did surrender to that, and really, really did the work to understand and 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 make moves on his own part. I, I I've been reinforcing for everybody like that year wasn't spent just like him being angry and me just like refusing to talk to him. It was spent him going to other people and 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 talking to them and trying to work 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 out his own shit. Just as much as I was going to other people and 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 going to like things like therapy and and really understanding that hey you know what, I'm inviting somebody in and that person needs a second before they can come in.
0: Right. Sometimes yeah. it just like needs that time. Right. Absolutely. Which is understandable. Absolutely. And
2: yeah. And I, I know that it's a very strong topic in the trans community that like, we need people to accept us. Right. And we need people to like, you know, jump in and, and truly validate us because like our identities have been, you know, stolen from us from birth. Like, I know it's a very strong topic for people when they talk about like like, the grief period, right, where, like, you're, I'm losing this person, but I think that, like, if we come at it compassionately, and, like, you know, there's no excuse for things like, like, hate and, and, and and violence and stuff like that, Um, but if somebody, you know, just, just needs a second to truly understand and, and knows that they need that second, right, Um, when he didn't come to the holiday gatherings for that year it wasn't because he didn't want to see me it was because he didn't want to ruin the experience for for me or for anybody else he didn't he didn't want to sit there like an elephant in the room um and like bring down the entire experience and that that, that's what I love to say is that like we weren't just sitting there angry we were doing the work and we were taking our moment and we were taking time
0: and that's okay yeah
2: Yeah. and that's okay like genuinely genuinely it's okay just that, just don't take overly too long.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a year tops, a year tops, guys. There is an expiration date, okay? Then we got to yeah, come together and chat. That's right.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. And the expiration date is completely individual, right? <laughs> Everybody has their own expiration date on that, on that time slot. And sometimes like, girl, if you're not getting with it, then you're going to get left behind.
0: Yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> that's the motto. Curious to know, uh, what was your favorite day of filming? Like, I know we just talked about the interaction with your dad, and that was so emotional, but was there anything else that really stuck out to you?
2: Oh, my gosh. Um, me, me and Jonathan were actually talking about it, how they, the editors actually had a little bit of an argument in the room because they couldn't figure out which parts of Jonathan's salon scene that they wanted to put in because it was all good. Like, yeah. the entire – we spent nine hours in that chair. We spent nine hours in that chair getting that hair done. Um and and makeup <laughs> and, and eyes and everything. I roused everything. <laughs> oh my <laughs> so god, getting pampered. Hours. Yeah, literally. I like it was just nine hours of just awesome content and awesome just conversation between me and me and Jonathan. Yeah. Um to the point where I think the like, the the original cut had us for, like, 48 minutes of the episode, and they had to, like, (laughs) cut it back.
0: we are like, what do we cut? This is all very good.
2: Wow. Um, But, like, again, it's not just Jonathan. It's the rest of everything, like, all the time that I was able to spend with with the rest of the five, like I did have, you know, this awesome time with Jonathan because we spent nine hours in the chair. Um, <laughs> yeah. But every second with Tan, every single outfit that we tried on was just a super amazing experience. Every single talk that I had with my mom and Anthony and and Karama with my dad, it was just everything was just so important. And I and I really the entire experience was a complete just celebration.
0: Oh yeah. I felt like I was there when I was watching it. I texted I Sarah being like, I want to make lumpia. That's how you say it, right? Yes.
2: <laughs> yeah. Lumpia. Lumpia. Oh, okay.
1: lumpia. We're going to, we're going to make some, we're going to make some in celebration of this conversation. Yes, oh, it's
2: super easy too. So just, you know, just throw in the phantom and be, you're done. It's all good.
1: Okay. I also have one more behind the scenes question that I've always wondered when Bobby is doing a full makeover of the house. Does that really only take a week? yeah. I've always felt like that is insane. Like, how did he do that in a week?
2: Uh, he's, he's got a, an amazing team back there. Bobby, the, Bobby does a lot of work behind the scenes and his team does a lot of work back here. Um, yeah. And honestly, shout out, shout out to them because like, you know, this place is popping. And, and honestly, like, a lot of what they put in here is stuff that we're able to, like, remove and move out since we, we are just renting the place. And they did a really good job just, you know, sorting things through and putting things in here that we both love as, as a couple and, and things that I'll probably keep with me for a good portion of my life.
1: That's always one of my favorite parts is the home transformation. I'm like, can someone just nominate me already? Like, (laughs) I need help. (laughs)
2: please. That's what it feels like. It's like you, you're always watching Queer Eye and you're like, oh my God, what if I got Queer Eye? And then it was for me, it was like all of a sudden I'm like, oh wait, those cameras aren't looking at me. What are they looking at? Oh my God. That is
1: wild, wild, wild. Well, anyone listening, like I said, if you haven't listened to the episode, you got to go or watch the episode, please do. Cause it's just amazing from beginning to end. But I feel like one of the coolest parts about the episode too, was just like seeing you in the gym yeah, and talking about being an athlete. And mm-hmm. I just feel like there's so much talk about trans athletics right now. And I feel like it's kind of like this hot button topic and there's a lot of misunderstanding, there's a lot of weird rhetoric, and I'm just excited, like, we're excited to kind of dive into it a little bit with you. And for you, having been an athlete your whole life, what what was the most challenging part about transitioning as an athlete, specifically?
2: The first year. I'd say the first yeah. year. Yeah. Um, I... So my very first day of hormones, I decided not to train. I just wanted to just to see how my body felt and just to see how how I would, you know, walk around and go to work. The second day, I tried to throw around what I was throwing around two days prior and it was like, I I was struggling. Um, Mm. It was very, very clear night and day, like, oh, my body's trying to get rid of everything that I've built up. And so like, it's, it's just a year of just like, okay, 90 kilos is starting to feel like a hundred. 80 kilos is starting to feel like 90 now we're down to 75 and we're kind of struggling a little bit now it's like oh I'm actually not going to be able to stand this weight up you know yeah um it's just this like I it's the the easiest way to put it is I'm on anti-steroids it's like I'm taking these hormones that are actively telling my body to you know like you know take this muscle up we want to we want to build you know we want to build strong like endurance like endurance style stuff and strength is just not going to not going to be your your forte and I'm like no like this this I am forcing this um (laughs) this this is I'm gonna keep this as much as I can and like honestly like the idea of keeping it is kind of just like there's no way to like as soon as you start taking those hormone blockers and as soon as your testosterone drops it's just boom it's it's like it's instant I have a friend who was doing a lot more like she she was squatting in like the 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 high fours, and then she started taking blockers, and it was just night and day. Like, really? oh my god, I feel awful. Oh my god, I I I can't I can't move what I, how I used to. Oh my god. Um, I didn't
0: realize it was that quick.
2: Yeah, it's 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 really quick. Um, really, the the main concern when it comes to that like two year margin that sports like to place on on trans athletes is things like okay, we're looking at bone density, we're looking at tendon and ligament strength. We're looking at, okay, um, how much muscle mass have we dropped? Um, what is our lung size, heart size, right? Um, yeah. And so those are all the things that are constantly scrutinized on us, right? And uh, honestly, a lot of those things do decrease. Like we've seen, there, there's already a, a couple of studies, and then I've actually had people in my comment section talking about um, bone density in trans people and how like once those hormones start over the course of a few years, the bone density just starts to really, really drop. Mm-hmm. Same thing with tendons and ligaments. i I've gone down like maybe like a shoe size. Um, wow. yeah, i've I've lost a shoe size. i'm a I was an eleven and a half in men's, and now I am an eleven and a half in women's. Oh, wow, um, okay. yeah, so like it's it's really, really, really nice. Um my hands, um, before I was able to fold the tops, the tips of my fingers over my girlfriend's hands,
1: mm-hmm. and now
2: I kind of have to press over. And I, I really can't. So like, interesting. there's a lot of talk about like how HRT doesn't change your bone structure, right? Um, but a lot of people tend to tend to forget that, you know, our tendons ligaments are also affected by hormones. Um, and so while we might not see any like, like massive, massive changes in, the, in, our, in our, you know, foot and hand size, those small like centimeters do our things to kind of celebrate. And they are things to kind of look at and say, okay, maybe we're taking the wrong look at trans athletes. And maybe we need to take a more nuanced look. Right. And
1: what was this two-year process you, you mentioned?
2: Yeah. Uh, so for trans women especially, um, there is a two-year hormone gap for a lot of sports. Um, when I was competing in, in Olympic weightlifting, um, they told me, okay, from the day you start hormones, we want a two-year gap so your body can go through all the changes and adapt and you can come back without having any of the previous, without having a testosterone in your system, right? um that's kind of the concern is that there's just lingering testosterone in our bodies which we can like if there is we're not utilizing it
1: (laughs) yeah and (laughs) women have testosterone too like people exactly people who are born as a woman yeah yeah
2: exactly it's and it's like that's we've set up sports around testosterone right we've built sports around this this false idea that testosterone is everything um but like i like to Mm -hmm. I actually was talking about this earlier with my girlfriend, but I'm not sure if either of y'all have seen the CrossFit games over the past few years. Um, Mm, Maybe not. Okay. Well, um, if you're unfamiliar with CrossFit, they're essentially there, they have a bunch of modalities throughout the entirety of the sport. And essentially it's kind of like, are you the best Jack of all trades athlete and they put you through a bunch of challenges. And there's a lot of controversy when it comes to like, are these people the fittest in the world? However, when it comes to the challenges they are facing, when we're looking at the top male and female athletes, while the top male athletes might be stronger, they might have higher numbers. The women are usually winning endurance and and sprint workouts. They're usually winning when it comes to actually like moving for distance. Um, And we're seeing studies, especially recently that women can just take volume better. And and those with, with estrogen based bodies can just take volume better and take, take more endurance. And then to take hormones completely out of the question, like we are basically telling athletes that any talent or natural ability that they have and any like, you know, any of that skill that they've built up is worthless because the testosterone levels are, are different. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, like Caster Semenya when, when she was banned was an amazing sprinter because she had excess testosterone and she's an amazing sprinter because she's trained for her entire life to be an amazing sprinter. Right. right yeah. um, like w- we want to talk about advantage. We can look at Michael Phelps who has like, you know, uh, he literally doesn't produce lactic acid, right? So And so, like, if we want to, you know, celebrate somebody for their advantage, but then punish somebody else because of any false sense of an advantage, you know, um, it's truly not about protecting women's sports. It's just about, you know, protecting men's sports.
1: Right, and it's and you have such a great point. It even the concept of saying trans women can't compete in women's sports is misogynistic it's immediately telling all female athletes you're not as good as men Mm -hmm. and i know it's more nuanced than that but you're right it's so patriarchal and sports are built around men
2: yeah and i would honestly challenge the idea that like women wouldn't be more dominant within sport if we were pushing women at a a younger age to compete and to to train their bodies i mean like when i was in high school i was in the weight room every single day and the girls were still outside running the stairs like you know totally. like, if we want to if we want to talk about protecting women's sports let's create more opportunity in women's sports in fact let's yeah. create more opportunity throughout all sports you know um i i said on a tweet the other day that was like trans women are, are taking away opportunities from from cis women and i was like no like your concern about these opportunities isn't coming out of trans women taking them it's coming out of there's not opportunities for women in sport you know, totally. we're not, we're not paying our women. We're not, we're not putting our women on TV. We're not, nope. you know, we're not celebrating our women. Um, And, you know, the key and the, the key here is that inclusion is the key, you know, like, yes. that's, that's it. Like, the more that we include and the more that we create equity within sport and, and reinforce the idea that sport is a human right and sport is for everybody, right? The more that we, we reinforce that, the more that I think we'll see athletes come out of the woodwork that, you Know completely defy any sense of testosterone makes the athlete. You know, there's plenty of athletes out there already that are absolutely dominant, regardless of whatever the hell their hormone profile looks like.
1: Yes, yes, say it louder for the people in the back, <laughs> for people in the back, and also speaking of sports being a right, a human right. Yeah, I mean, as you know. House Bill yeah. 25, you're like, oh, let's get into it. House, so <laughs> it just passed in Texas. It's House Bill 25, and essentially what it does is it restricts student, um, tr- student trans athletes from playing sports. A kid, it, it stops trans kids from playing sports and competing in sports,
2: correct? Absolutely, yep, that's, that's the exact. So that from kindergarten to 12th grade, trans kids are no longer allowed to play sports as any gender identity other than what's on their birth certificate. it's it's disgusting it's bad I don't understand Um, it's just you're you're telling kids that they can't play sports with their friends you know like you're you're isolating kids you're putting kids in boxes and saying like you don't belong here and you know like this this sense of like protecting women's sport again you know these aren't these aren't cisgender boys who are who are telling their telling their moms at home when they're 14 years old and like going through puberty that like oh, like, you know, I just want to identify as a girl and go play sports. Like, no, these are kids who grow up knowing that something is up and with parents who have taken the time to take them to doctor's appointments, to psychiatrist appointments, to assemble a team of, you know, medical professionals and legal professionals to help their child improve their quality of life. Ultimately, that's what it is, is quality of life improvement, right? Um, So to tell a child that they can't, Play sports with their friends that like their existence shouldn't belong within that space when essentially sports like sports is recreational up until high school you know like, right. sport, like these sport are kids is, these are kids yeah we're telling kids that they can't like they can't play sports and then to take away the benefits and the community that comes to sports if I didn't have sports growing up if I had if this if I was living in this time and I was and I had figured out transition earlier like it would very much be like I wouldn't have a community I wouldn't have people around me and that's just leading kids into dark places and you're of course you're you're increasing the rates of self-harm you're increasing the rates of suicide yes by isolating these kids like I'm sorry I like this Mm. is something that like I'm always just so heated about
1: it's upsetting and I think for any listeners who have never really played sports or never been an athlete I was an athlete growing up and it you it's almost hard to describe how much it shapes you it shapes you as a person as someone who's in in their body health, like your health your wellness who you are as um a teammate as a friend how you handle losses and wins how you handle challenges how you persevere like it is sports makes someone and m- imagining that being robbed from a kid like it, it can truly sports can truly change the tra- trajectory of your life and i i I feel like a lot of people with this bill in particular are like, oh, it's just sports and it's just so much more than that. Sports, it's so much more than that.
2: It's, it's, they can change it's your opportunities. life. Exactly. It's opportunities yeah. for the rest of your life. Um, and that's also something that, that I've been touching on in my activism and that like, I'm not just about creating opportunities for trans people in sport. We should be creating opportunities across the board. We should have more than just four popular sports that are on TV, right? We should be celebrating every single sport. We should have scholarships for every single sport in the U.S., right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we should be not even paying tuition for, for you know, college in New York, <laughs> But I digress. Um, but Sidebar. We should, yeah, we should be giving, you know, opportunity to, to athletes all around the world. I mean... Have you all watched Cheer yet? Have you all watched the second season? Yes. 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 Not yet. Okay. Not yet, I'm but glad. I'm gonna do it this weekend. How do we? How do we feel? How do we feel? Are we? Uh, are we Trinity fans or are we Navarro fans here?
1: Okay, I'm in the middle of season two, and like, I'm, I'm kind of man, I'm, I'm stuck. <laughs> Honestly, I think maybe Trinity, just because so much is happening in Navarro, it seems like you know shit's just going awry, and I really love the energy that Trinity's bringing, but I haven't made it to the end, so I don't know what happens.
2: Yeah. Okay. So I won't spoil anything there. Um, But (laughs) my point with cheer is that like these kids are going to college and then they leave the cheer program and that's it. Yeah. Right. Like they are, they leave and that, and that's it. They maybe get to go coach or they get to go compete in a few all-star, all-star cheer um, competitions. But outside of that, there's no like huge section of, you know, professional cheer, you know? I was going to say, I wouldn't have known. That's a shame. Yeah, that's a shame. Like, we should see more of that. We should have more teams. We should have more events, you know, like things like gymnastics. I mean, like tennis, badminton, everything, every single sport needs to be celebrated. And the more that we create spaces for everybody in these sports, the more that we'll see not even transgender people, you know, taking part. It's going to be mostly cisgender people again, you know, like the solution, the solution isn't gatekeeping sports. It's just creating more sports, more opportunity, more, more, more spaces, you know, like why are we restricting sports to just the best of the best? We should be pushing people to train their bodies from day one.
1: Because of power and money. And, um, Angel, I'm sure you know this publication, but just for anyone listening who wants to maybe, um, be exposed to more not just female sports, but like sports that you don't get to see a lot. There's a great publication called GIST, um, G-I-S-T. You can follow them on socials and they have an amazing website with tons of articles. It's just a really great resource to to see how badass female sports are and how like the crazy stuff they post about stuff that I've never seen a male athlete do. It's just, it's a great place to be. So you guys should check it out if you haven't already.
2: No, yeah, for sure. And it's like just, you know, just giving sports more just, you know, it, it branches out, right? Like, the more that we put, we place opportunity into all sorts of programs throughout, you know, like education years and throughout childhood, throughout, throughout our teenage years, the more that we see people take hold of things like theater, sports, art, dance, everything, the yeah. more that, you know, we're, we're teaching our kids to have agency for themselves, you know, we're teaching our kids to articulate how they feel, and we're teaching our kids to know how they feel. Um, and that's way too beneficial for any kid to miss out on, especially a trans child who is already facing increased rates of, you know, bullying, violence, and hate crimes. You know,
1: totally. It takes away that outlet, yeah, amazing mm-hmm. outlet they could have.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, for for, for folks out there, it, it it should bother you too because there's no there's no there's no um, rule set here. There's no there's no textbook on how do you enforce this bill. So you know how others, others, like other states enforce this bill, um, genital checks. And they are you know, pull your pants down. Let let's sit, let's see what, let's see what the coach sees. You know, okay. What? Um, like let's 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 talk to your yeah. And that's that's happening. That's happened before. Like in like in this country, at like at schools. Like that like those are things that happen because there's doubt within other parents or within other coaches of a, oh of a my child's God. gender identity. Yes, and it's happened, right? And I'm not. I, I feel like I'm that sure cannot that
0: happen. That is. It,
2: I mean, it's awful. I, I'm, I'm not saying it's happening in Texas, but what I am saying is that you're leaving room for it, right? You're leaving room for people to kind of take this law into their own hands and kind of say, like, you know what? Like this, this. I don't think this kid's. Tra- I don't think this kid's cisgender. Let's let's see. it. Let's see it right now. Right. Pull the births, either pull your pants down or pull the birth certificate right now. Oh. And right. And like, disgusting. why are we? Why are we? Why are we putting people in positions to? You know. You know, lose that agency and lose that power of their bodies. You know, um, I was talking to um, Alicia. Um, I always say her last name wrong. Alicia Weigel. Weigle. Um, she is an intersex a- activist here in Austin. And a lot of what intersex people experience is traumas throughout their entire life. They're they're oftentimes sterilized when they were a baby because their bodies simply don't don't understand their that they're doctors didn't understand their bodies, you know, like they um, are forced into a a gender that they not, they like, you know, they're forced into a gender. Um, And so for those intersex people throughout the state that are trying to play sports, you know, how many of them are going to, you know, show their birth certificate and and still have people coming at them with injustices and hate? You know, how right. many people are going to try and and be invasive with their body? How many people are going to try and commit more traumas to these to these kids who are just trying to live their lives?
1: Yeah. And I feel like there's this overwhelming message of like, we need to protect our kids, but we're not. We're not protecting no. our kids in so many ways. And bills like this are Exhibit A.
2: Our agency away from our kids, you know, like yeah. I, like 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 I said earlier, about like a trans versus cis people, I'm just as happy for a cisgender kid to get to, get to, get to get to like eight, nine years old and be like, I am for sure a boy. You know, yeah, like, that is totally. awesome. You know, if you have the language to understand that, that is so amazing because you get to reach out to other people with compassion as well, right? Yep. And yep. to literally write into law that these people don't belong in spaces and that these people are different and that these people shouldn't be allowed to exist within your group and within your, you know, within your zone. What's that teaching others too, you know, like for people to see that it's, Oh, it's exactly. How is that happening now? It's, it's just, it's harmful. I, I, I simply do not understand it. I don't know why like let, like these legislators have chosen this particular topic, topic and chosen kids, especially to, you know, just make a hot button issue. That's ultimately what it is is these people are just trying to find a way to get another vote in their pocket and, to take it out on kids that are already already struggling with so much it's just it's not right and it 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 cannot happen.
1: Yeah, and I feel like I feel like most people listening to this are going to feel really angry, like we feel all feel right now. Laws are confusing. Laws feel larger than life. It feels like something that's irreversible or like how do I help or how do I how do I make a change? And I know this is a big question, but as a trans person, do you have any like, how can we all support not just trans kids, but trans people in our lives, trans athletes? Like, is there anything we can we can do in our everyday lives
2: to help? Celebrate everyone. I like mm. I when I'm at the when I'm at the gym and I'm I'm moving through my space, I'm always like complimenting. I'm always raising everybody up around me. And And that's the biggest thing is that like for some reason, especially recently, we've gotten stuck in this pattern of putting everybody down. and We've gotten stuck in this pattern of losing compassion when we talk to people and losing compassion when we walk through our days. Um, And really, when it comes to affirming a trans person and helping a trans person through their journey, it is about raising them up. And it is about raising everybody else up around you. Um, The better that the space is for a trans person, the better that the space is for everybody, because everybody has compassion. Everybody knows that Regardless of who they are, they belong in that space, and like and nobody should lack that. nobody should lack a safe space. nobody should lack a community that doesn't that 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 loves them. you know nobody should miss out on that
1: yeah well said,
0: it all starts with compassion, right? No, I think that's excellent mm-hmm. that's excellent advice
2: absolutely it's 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 all about compassion. It's all about just like looking at somebody and assuming that they have dignity and assuming that like you know what like this person is feeling this way and that's valid and that's that's okay and that's right
1: yes yes that's right that is the fact and especially for trans people like you are a woman and i think the the language we use is so important like you didn't choose to be a woman like you said earlier you didn't decide one day and I think like language is so important—the way we talk to people and the way we talk about people when they're not around. Yes, Um, like that has to be compassionate too, right? That you have to start. You have to start with you, and that's why I feel so passionately about being this. What we're trying to do with this podcast—I want straight people and people who identify with the gender they were assigned at birth. To understand that the more they understand trans people in the trans community, the better they'll understand and love themselves because they'll have more compassion and peace internally. I think like people don't realize how much you can gain from understanding, exploring, learning and to actually taking the initiative to be compassionate. It takes sometimes it takes work for people to be compassionate and that's okay. But like do the work,
2: do the work, do the work, be better, do the work. Be better. That, that's what I tell we everybody. can all be like, better. When, when, it, when it comes to everything, whether it's training your body or your mind or, or your soul, like just aim to be better. Aim to improve and aim to just look at every day with, with a new light and, and attack every day with a new, with a new attitude.
0: Angel <laughs> says it best.
1: Okay, is there... This has been so amazing. Like we cannot express how grateful we are that you took this time to talk to us. We think this is such an important conversation to have. Is there anything else that you wanna say about being a trans woman, being a trans athlete, anything that you want people to know coming out of this conversation?
2: Um, I, I, Honestly, just a message for any trans people listening and any cisgender like person out there, like everybody, right? Keep playing, keep performing, keep pushing yourself, keep creating, keep keep earning what you, what you do, keep earning every day, um, whether it's sports or arts, just keep going into everyday trying to be a better version of yourself and trying to make everybody around you better. And that's how we make this world a better place. You know, it's not about keeping people out and trying to keep our spaces safe. It's about inviting people in.
0: Yes. Yeah. I love that. I love that. More so inclusive. Much.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I feel inspired by that.
1: Me too. <laughs> I mean, I'm I do. I'm so inspired. <laughs> yeah. I'm so inspired and thank you for doing what you do. And thank you for bringing this episode of Queer Eye to Netflix like that it's a big deal a lot of trans kids and trans people are going to watch that and see themselves and feel safe and feel loved and like I hope you know how important that is
2: no yeah I've gotten so many messages especially messages from from trans kids and, and parents of trans kids just about how important it is and I'm just so grateful for like everybody from the fat five to the, to the crew to, to Netflix themselves for being able to put this episode out there, especially in this really, really tumultuous time.
0: Yeah. Yes. And yeah, your story deserves to be shared too. Mm-hmm.
2: Our voice deserves to be heard, you know, like we, we, we exist and there's no stopping that. We, we've existed forever and that's it, you know, and yeah. that's, and that's, this, this isn't, this isn't anything new. It's just biodiversity at work.
1: Yes. Angel.
0: <laughs> we are really fangirling too. I just want to yell. Like, just even before, we were just like,
1: this is, this is so exciting.
2: <laughs> you know, I'm just me. and I'm just trying to, you know, lift people up and, and have some fun while I'm doing it.
1: Yeah. Amen. <laughs> but you are a star, girl. I like, keep letting your star shine because you are a star. And I just, we're so excited to see what comes next for you, truly. Yes. Well,
2: thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs>
0: before we sign off, Angel, where can the audience find you on social? Yes.
2: Gotcha. I am most active on my Instagram, which is um, it's underscore period Archangel underscore, but you can just look up Archangel um, with a K um, in the Instagram bar. And I'm sure I'll be one of the first things you'll see. Um, Or just simply look look up Angel Flores. My website is archangel.squarespace.com. And you'll find more details about me, what I do, um, and figure out ways to contact me through there. Finally. <laughs> yes, plug um, it, plug it. I have a competition coming up next weekend, the 29th of January. Um, like anybody is welcome to come in. I'm not sure if there's going to be a door fee or not, but it shouldn't be more than 10 to $15. Um, and really my big goal is to make a statement and really show that, you know, we all belong here and we all deserve to be in this space and we've all earned our space and our space here. So, you know, come, come celebrate, come be loud and, and come get hyped up with us.
1: amazing is that in austin
2: yes it'll be in austin at liberation and barbell club
1: perfect okay listeners in austin because the episode will be up by this point you got to go and when you do send us some photos and videos because we wish we could be there we're all the way up in canada side (laughs) now we'll be living (laughs) through you vicariously yeah truly of course (laughs) okay amazing thank you so much angel we appreciate you thank you for taking the time
2: it's been so much fun it's been so much fun i was really excited as well
1: awesome okay go <laughs> enjoy your night rest up after your workout
2: i will i will i will i'm about to go make some food actually so yes do it, <laughs> nice. do, it do it do it awesome all right thank you all so much
0: versus hey, oh Say you want to lose control
1: come over here i got something to show you. Sexy lady. <laughs> Just, the way you looked at me when you sang that was, um, was something else. It was the truth. Yeah. I sex a <laughs> <laughs> In case you missed it, Purse. In case you missed it.
0: I probably did. So tell uh, me
1: what's up. Honestly, the, the reason why we have this segment at the end of every episode is because you miss everything.
0: It I should know, be called
1: In Case Purses Missed It.
0: Yep. we're rebranding.
1: Uh, just kidding! You catch everything before I do. You're always like, "Hey, did you hear about that? Hey, did you hear about that?" Did you hear <laughs> we about balance this? each other out. That...
0: We balance each other out.
1: Yeah, I feel like we both hear about different things. You'll hear about a, a lot of um, news for people that I don't know who they are, um, <laughs> but I should know who they are. But I'm such a boomer that I don't. And then kind of the same vice versa, probably.
0: True, true.
1: We're a good balance, you and me.
0: Yeah, we just work. So we'll talk about this later, but I think we're going to try and mend our relationship.
1: Well, we
0: might become a little closer over the next few months. (laughs) Than you might think.
1: (laughs) Wink, wink. Wink, wink, yeah. Well, we have maybe some news.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. This is just something in confidence I told Sarah. But now she's airing it out to the podcast
1: yeah i don't honestly guys i'm feeling really loopy right now so i could say anything at this point i could i could tell all your secrets
0: yeah you could go and say it i don't care no shame
1: oh
0: no shame should i tell i don't know what's my biggest one
1: um you don't really have many secrets persis is kind of an open book especially when she's on the pod she tells you guys everything <laughs> everything except for people's real names because we want to respect them and so we give them fun code names respect and privacy okay r-e-s-b-e-c-t find out what it means to me means to me means to me (laughs) um if you're listening to this podcast for the first time hi thanks for making it all the way to this point this is a little segment we call in case you missed it and basically every single episode we talk about something going on in the queer world whether it's pop culture or, I don't know, it's usually pop culture.
0: (laughs) It's usually pop culture or some information that's really um, important in like queer news specifically. Yeah. So whether it's like good or if it's bad and it's something Sarah and I are celebrating or maybe we're yelling about because we're angry.
1: Right. Or maybe we're in the middle and we're just kind of confused. So today's we thought was a really important one because it aligns perfectly with our conversation with Angel, the one that you guys just listened to, obviously. I hope you all liked it because we had a great time. But we saw this headline and we thought, isn't this interesting? So essentially, in a Fox interview just last week, like just this past week, Caitlyn Jenner, who you all know as a former Olympian, as Kris Jenner's ex you know, like I, I would say Caitlin was maybe one of the first like mainstream, mainstream um, people who transitioned like in front of the public eye. One really of the first. Big. One of the Definitely first. Definitely not the first.
0: But as like an Olympian, it, w- it was kind of a big deal to yeah, transition from. Yeah.
1: Being like such like a manly man, like a decathlete, like maybe one of the hardest sports in all of the Olympics, you know? Yep. And Caitlyn Jenner has always been a little controversial, not because of her transition, but for just some things that she has said in the past. Political views, too. Political views. And this really is no different. So in an interview with Fox, she said that a record-breaking transgender swimmer shouldn't be able to compete with women. The swimmer she's talking about is Leah Thomas. Um, Leah is an Ivy League swimmer. I think she swims for Penn. And she um, has been doing amazing. So she was uh, swimming for the men's team for a few years um, at Penn. Leah started her hormone therapy and she worked with the NCAA officials to make sure that like Everything was within the rule book, I guess. So she had to take two years full of hormone therapy before she was allowed to compete in the women's um, swimming as opposed to the men's. So while she was doing her homo- hormone therapy, she kept swimming on the men's team, um, but was really excited to like finish this two-year gap and then jump over to the, to the women's team, um, having fully transitioned and being in the full expression of who she is. Um, and then swimming for... Uh, the women's league. She has been doing amazing. She's breaking records. She's um, like she's top of the top of the pack. Like she's definitely a favorite to win medals. <laughs> I don't really know much about college swimming, so forgive me. I don't know what medals or trophies there are to be won, but she's a favorite. And Caitlyn Jenner, who is a transgender female athlete, doesn't think that Leah should be allowed to. She said, I respect her, I respect her decision to live her life authentically, 100%. um, But that also comes with responsibility and some integrity. She said, we need to protect women's sports. And basically, she uh, urged the NCAA Board of Governors to essentially say that trans um, athletes cannot compete, like trans female athletes cannot compete in women's sports. She said, make the right decision to stop this right now. And the NCAA didn't listen. They said
0: no. They rejected it.
1: (laughs) They said nope. Um, And basically they decided that they're taking a sport by sport approach to this. So any rules governing transgender athletes participation in college sports. Has to be determined by that sport's national governing body so for swimming for example the governing body is usa swimming so they will decide like the rules around transgender athletes competing and what those rules entail and how they're going to be carried out um, but it can't it can't be just like across the board all college athletics so <laughs> there's a lot of information here what are your initial thoughts we have this transgender athlete she's very talented she's, she's Done everything she was supposed to do in terms of the rules of her governing body and the NCAA, finished her hormone therapy. Mm-hmm. she's doing she's she's amazing in the in the women's league. she's doing amazing. she's mm-hmm. she's beating the competition. And at the same time, Leah says that her um swimming times in the women's league are far shorter from what she was swimming in the men's league. after going through her hormone therapy, just like we talked about with angel. Your body changes so much that you, you don't have that same bone density, muscle mass that you did previously. So her times actually went down significantly. Yeah, yeah. But she's very, she's very talented and she's, she's still doing like very well in the women's league.
0: Here's my thoughts. Mm-hmm. I see Leah as a woman. She did the work. She should compete in women's sports. That's simple as that. And I think especially after speaking with Angel, it's like made me realize even more. Because I think if I didn't have this conversation, maybe in my head I would be think I would agree with Caitlin, maybe. Right. I would say like the hormones are different. Maybe there's some advantages there. But knowing after like she went through the work and your body yeah. does in fact change, I don't see why she can't. Leah's a woman.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think Angel's conversation really helped because Anyone who's been listening to this podcast forever ever, you guys know that we have actually talked about this before, and we've expressed how uneducated we are on it. We've expressed we don't actually know the science behind what's happening in your body after you've gone through any sort of hormone therapy, and we don't know. Like, we can't say what's fair and what's not fair, I'm using air quotes, in terms of like someone's body and what they're able to do in a sport. But we've just, we've been doing a lot of research and especially after talking to Angel and hearing a little bit more about actually what happens to your body and the different studies that are happening and just kind of the perspective too of like, we're basically taking Leah's natural abilities and natural strengths and talents away from her by saying that she's only doing a good job because she just transitioned to a woman. Yeah. And I completely agree with you. Yeah. It is interesting, like, in this, the article where we're getting all this information, by the way, guys, is the Washington Post. Um, It's a good article if you want to go read it. I guess the Post interviewed one of, a mother of a daughter who also swims under USA Swimming. And the mother said, all you expect is a fair chance. There is no chance this year. They train hard, but no, they cannot beat Leah. So I thought it was interesting to get the perspective of because I think that's one argument that a lot of people make, right? It's like it's not fair to the other athletes in the in the league, um, or who are competing against this person. And I think it is. I think we have to pay attention to the feelings of the other people in the league. We do like we can't just ignore them and pretend that they're that they don't exist. Like everyone needs to be taken into consideration. But just tell it. Just telling all trans athletes they can't compete it's obviously not the answer.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: And I think NCAA wanting to take a sport by sport approach is like a good start. Yeah. But like Angel said, it's it it has to it's really nuanced and really complex. So it it can't just be a sweeping statement. No transgender athletes allowed, you know what I mean? It's it's they've got to figure out some sort of way to look at it in a in a nuanced way. <laughs> and to not just have like blanket statements.
0: Yeah. It's not so black and white. And even for me to come out here and say this statement is also just like, I also agree. I don't think it's that easy, but just from what I'm hearing, I feel like the transition process is already like something that Leah had to endure for two years. Yeah. And she did the work that to me, it's like, I just don't see why not. I agree. And I just don't Obviously. really see, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's okay. Like I I don't see it as like a unfair
1: advantage. No, she's done, she's done the work. But one other thing we do want to say as part of the story, like a lot of people who are against trans rights are using Leah's story as like fire for their fuel for their fire. Um, Fox News has been obsessively covering her success. Like they ran 32 segments on her swim career over a five and a half week span. It's also and Fox News. <laughs> that Fox News, man. And during that time, the host and the guests repeatedly deadnamed and misgendered Leah to basically strip trans people of their rights and say Tran- transgender athletes shouldn't compete because Fox News has a stance, obviously. <laughs> they have quite a few stances. And so just, to, I don't know. And also just put yourself in the mindset of Leah, like, Leah is going through so much and she has, like you said, she's done the work and she's gone through a lot with the hormone therapy like Angel was talking about. Like it's it's a big change and it's a lot mentally and physically and she finally gets to compete as the person she is and it probably feels so great and she's doing amazing because she's a great swimmer yep. and clearly is like extremely talented and then Fox News is misgendering her and tossing her name around like she's a villain for yeah, of course and she's a college kid yeah <laughs> like she's in college and she's just trying to to do her best and i don't know i think that angel made a really good point when she brought up michael phelps in our conversation yeah. like michael phelps was assigned male at birth he identifies with that gender as far as we know and he his body he was given like His God-given body has the ability to swim better than maybe anyone. Yeah. Um, Just because of the way his body works. And that's just his natural talent and skill. But we don't say he can't compete.
0: Yeah. And that was exactly, that's his body. He's a different makeup than other
1: people. Yeah. He has that advantage. I think she said he like doesn't produce lactic acid or something like that. That's exactly what she said just his body. And I think it's such a good comparison. It's something to keep in mind. If you're listening to this and you're kind of like, well, it is maybe a little unfair to the other swimmers. Totally fair to be a little bit confused and wanting to learn more and like conflicted. But I think that's a good comparison to keep in mind.
0: Yeah, I agree. Then just think about that. To me, they also just said Leah's numbers weren't, she wasn't doing as well when she was competing in the women's. Yeah. Her body went
1: through a lot of changes. Yeah, her times were like way lower than when she was swimming um, when, when she was, she was swimming in
0: the men's in the league. Men's. Yeah, so I'm not like – it's not like she was just blowing these people out of the water, literally, when she was competing in the women's. Like, clearly there was some adjustments and work she had to go through. It wasn't like super yeah. easy for her either. For sure. You know? So I just don't really agree.
1: Yeah, Caitlyn Jenner is a trans woman and a trans athlete, and she's going on national TV – and smearing another trans female athlete's name. Honestly, like all the nuances of the story are important, but I think that as the headline and why we're talking about this is it's the part that makes me the most upset. It's like yeah. This is the this is the type of homophobia that happens inside the queer community that we've talked about on the pod before. And if trans people aren't going to stand up for their community, then who is, right? Like you have to rely on your on your trans brothers and sisters and non-binary folks to like lift you up. And here's Caitlyn Jenner, one of the most famous transgender women. Yeah. Agreed. It's like, if I was Leah, I just feel like, ugh. like you're supposed to understand my experience more than anyone else. And you don't support me.
0: Totally. No, it's, it's awful. It's really poor timing. It's shitty. And I don't think that needed to be said.
1: (laughs) And she's saying it everywhere. She's saying it on the news. She's saying it to the NCAA. She's on Twitter. She's Caitlyn Jenner is very passionate about this topic. She says, I quote, wokeness is killing women's sports. Her whole thing is like, this is killing women's sports. And like Angel said, a lot of things are killing women's sports. A lot of things. And none of it has to do with transgender athletes. It all has to do with money and power and men and <laughs> the patriarchy. So,
0: Well, like Angel said, women's sports aren't even being recognized anyway.
1: No, they're not on TV. They're, they're not getting paid the same amount as men, not even close. So there's a lot to unravel here. But I think just like, what can we take away from this process?
0: I mean, this has really opened my eyes more towards transgender people competing in sports. I used to be the other side that thought, is there advantages? But now I think like when I really look into hormones and what it actually does to your body, that's really opened up my mind to think that it's not so black and white and it's not so obvious either. And I think that ultimately it comes down to supporting others and I think Caitlin just made the wrong move.
1: Yeah, she did. And I'm and Team hope... Leah.
0: I'm Team Leah. I'm I'm here being like, you can compete in women's swimming. <laughs> That's okay.
1: I'm Team Leah too, and I I hope that Caitlin like, I would love for her to have this conversation with um some other trans athletes to try and like, maybe find not a compromise at all, but like, a meeting point between her opinion and. And what some of these trans athletes are facing. Like, I just think her just yelling about it on Fox News is really not gonna do anything. It's not gonna make any progress. Like, let's make this a bigger conversation then. Talk to the people, talk to Leah. Talk to the people that you're slamming on live TV and like let's all come together with all of our opinions and try to figure out a way that's most fair for everyone.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: <laughs> like i know anything
0: <laughs> well i just don't think it's the right move to just be like going on new- the news and like where whichever reporter she can catch to say like this is what i'm thinking i just don't think it's the right it's not the you right you heard move.
1: it here you heard it here first guys persis says it's a bad look and i could not agree more it is a bad look support your community y'all that is one of our main messages here at girl on girl podcast support your community yes and support yourself because if you don't love yourself how in the hell are you gonna love somebody else can I get an amen
0: amen RuPaul (laughs) who's gonna be on next week's episode
1: yeah we've been meaning to tell you guys we got Ru on the pod just kidding but Ru if you're listening like you're always welcome here it's true always and forever please but yeah, guys, thank you for diving into this topic with us. We've been wanting to talk about this in depth for a really, really long time and we are still learning. There's so much we we don't know still and we're not going to pretend that we know. But the more conversations we can have like this, the more we can talk about these types of headlines, the more we can like expand and understand. Um, And we hope that you guys are doing the same with us. And if you have any questions or like comments about anything that happened in this episode or anything you're seeing out there in the world, just shoot us a DM at Girl Podcast, or shoot us an email. We always want to talk about this stuff.
0: Yeah. And if there's some stuff that you also maybe like don't agree with, or maybe you're here to tell us like, yeah, I kind of see where Caitlin's coming from. Let us know. Like I want to hear it. Sarah wants to hear it. We're always yeah. open to learning more, so.
1: We welcome a little friendly debate.
0: Yeah, give us the vibes. Give us the debates. Give us the, give us the vibes. <laughs> well, we need friendly vibes. That's yeah. what I want to
1: reiterate. Make it compassionate and friendly. That's a good point. <laughs> but then we can have a fun, friendly debate. <laughs> debate exactly. team. Debate team. Great team. Okay. Well, I love you so much. I love you too. And I'll talk to you next week.